Welcome to the TriStateFootball.com podcast. My name is Clayton Castle. I am joined by TSF Director of Content, Greg Shoemaker. Greg, how are you doing this week? Wonderful, Clayton. How are you? I'm doing well. I took my grandmother out to lunch today, and I'm feeling just jazzed for week four of high school football. <laughs> Man, it's hard to believe we're already at this stage, but uh, this will be the quarter point of the season after it's all said and done if we go through 16 weeks and have a couple of teams make it to the championship game of the state finals. Well, you know, I think we learned a lot about some teams in week three. Let's go through some takeaways from week three. Let's start with the big um, tailgate game, Baden at Withrow. Baden coming up. You know, they got the win 24-17 over Withrow. Baden extends their winning streak to three. They're 3-0, and Withrow 1-2. and Greg, what are some of your takeaways from that game? You know, being at that game, one of the things that I saw is, look, um, Baden's very good. They're very well disciplined. They're a Division three team. They've got a chance to win this whole uh, region again one more time in Region 12, Division three, Region 12, and I like them. I, they hit hard. They're like I said. They're disciplined. They have some players. Aiden Brown, who's a transfer from Ross, he only gets to play the first five games, but he's been dynamic in the first couple of games. Talked to Coach Yordy before the game. He's like, nobody wants to schedule us this year, but Withrow they they've gone out on the limb and scheduled a bunch of good teams. In fact, this week they play Akron Hoban, uh, the the Division Two runner up. But they lost to Winton Woods in the state finals last year. So, um, you know, Withrow is really good. Uh, they lost their quarterback. I don't know if he'll be back. Troy Montgomery got hurt in that game last week. But I like Baden. Braden Moore is a special, special player over there. And uh, they're going to be just fine when it's all said and done. Both teams are. They're both going to – I expect uh, Withrow to get in, even though they're 1-2 and two right now, maybe 1-3 and three after this week. I expect them to get in and win a playoff game or two once they get to the playoffs. Absolutely, Greg. Let's head to the GMC. Cole Rain in some unfamiliar territory. They fall to 0-3 after losing 34-7 to Fairfield. Greg, what are you making of this Cole Rain team this year? Well, you know what? Uh, let's be fair to Cole Rain. They've lost to the number four, the number five, and the number eight team in the uh, teams in the the, uh, the Bulls 5 top 25 in their first three weeks, you know, but their problem is they got to put points on the scoreboard. I get it. You lose to Princeton. You lose to Fairfield. You lose to LaSalle. All three very, very good defensive teams, but this is a coloring offense that just has three offensive touchdowns in the first three games and have only scored 20 points this season. So somebody's got to get out there and, and start, um, Helping out Zay Jennings, the quarterback. They need that. That said, I, I mean, their offensive line has to step up a lot too. So I don't put a whole lot into this. But, again, you know, this week they've got number 11, Mason, another good defensive team. And, and Mason, you know, they've only given up uh, 20 points on the year, 19 points on the year. Uh, they're around 6.3 points per game. Nobody scored more than nine on them or ten on them. And, uh you know, and their their schedule, Mason's schedule is conducive to them having a couple of more games where they're good defensively because they got Coleraine this week, Middletown next week, and then Lakota East after that. So they have a chance before they get into the rough part of their GMC schedule to be very, very uh, good defensively and to really, you know, have some confidence built up on that side of the football moving forward. 
One of the big games that I was most looking forward to reading about the next day, Monroe at Western Brown. Man, what a game. Western Brown come out on top 65-51. to 51. Monroe, as we said last week, they were going to have to run the ball and run it down Western Brown's throats. They did that 481 yards of total rushing for the team. 211 of those came from their star running back, Elijah Jackson. And then we can't talk enough about Drew Novak. 21 for 26, 310 yards and one touchdown through the air. Oh, and he also has legs too. 111 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Greg, another shootout out there in uh, Western Brown. Well, it didn't disappoint, did it, Clayton? I mean, <laughs> you expected that sort of game, and we got it. This time it was uh, Western Brown that beat Monroe. Monroe got the best of them a year ago, and, and Western Brown off to a 3-0 and start. But the irony of this whole thing, Drew Novak throws for 50 touchdowns last year, and this game they run for eight touchdowns, Western Brown does, and only has one, only have one passing touchdown. So uh, – interesting to see that they, you know what, we'll beat you at your game, Monroe. And and they did by getting into the, into the end zone that many times. But, um, you know, the Broncos are averaging 58 points a game. They're 3-0. and they, They're at Jackson this week. I expect the trend to continue for those guys. Um, they do have to do some work on defense. And when they get into, like I said, last year they were Division three, Region eleven, which is a bunch of Southeastern uh, Ohio schools, not the Southwestern Ohio schools, which now they're going to play against in Division uh, Three, Region 12 this year. So it's a much higher level of uh, intensity week to week in the playoffs for Western Brown moving forward. So they are going to have to end up uh, playing a lot better defense as, as they move forward into SBAAC American play. Greg, what are some of your other takeaways from week three? Well, that's that, you know, that's really good. When I look at a couple of teams, you're starting to look at Lakota West, and they're starting to put up points on the board, 49 and 59 in the last two weeks. I mean, West has, has got this kid, Brennan Remy, who it seems like every time he touches the ball, he's scoring touchdowns. Um, you know, I think he's had like uh, 16 touches the last two weeks on offense, and he's had five touchdowns, and they've all been decently long runs and, and catches. So like the way they're at, I like the way where Princeton's at when we're talking GMC. Back-to-back shutouts, 98 points the last two weeks. Their offense is averaging more than 500 yards a game, and everybody's touching the ball. Princeton's looking really fine. Uh, Fairfield's offense is fantastic right now. I mean, they're putting, you know, between Jordan Jackson and, and, uh, and um, uh, Taylor Fisher, those two those two in the backfield, I mean, they're putting up over 300 yards plus a game on, on offense running the football. And – Elder last week, they squeaked past Springboro 21-20, and that was the first loss of the year for Springboro. Now they go to play St. Ed's, the defending Division One state champions, um, and who's won 10 straight games. So it'll be an interesting uh, game on Saturday afternoon up in Cleveland for them. And, of course, Moeller knocking off number 10 East Central last week, 43-14, to and you know, uh, Marshall, uh, Jordan Marshall, the junior running back, has has ran this year. He's run for 159, 129, and 139 yards in their three games. Has a touchdown rushing at least one in each of those games. And he's just so – just such a, an amazing player. He's having a great year. And then again, you know, Tanel uh, uh, Bryant is having an awesome year at wide receiver. Then you got Alec – Alec uh, Weider at running back and receiver. They're doing well. They're a very fast team. I am loving what Moeller's doing. In fact, all three of their wins this year are against 
teams that that's their only loss of the year. So they've beaten three teams that are now two and one. They're only those three teams only lost to the Crusaders. So very good. I look for them to be very. Excuse me here. They have. Oh, um, good counsel out of Maryland, a very, very good football program. And they're playing that at Ironton High School out on the uh, border there in Ohio, sort of like a in-between area match where these two two schools can go and, and get together, halfway distance between them, I guess. Well, sort of. But, uh, yeah, so Moore's been fantastic so far. Awesome, Greg. So let's take a look at this week's Blitz Top 25. Not much changes in the top 10. In fact, there are no changes in the top 10. The Firebirds from Lakota East, they still take the top spot after being Sycamore 59-7. Moeller checks in at number 2 again after being number 10 East Central 43-14. to Man, those Warriors, they just keep on rolling. They beat West Claremont 54-14. They are come in at number 3. Those Princeton Vikings, man, they put a whooping on Lakota East 71 to nothing this past week. They are in at number four. Number five, how about Fairfield? They went and beat Coleraine at Coleraine 34-7. St. X, man, they beat Olentangy Liberty for a second straight year, 45-21. to Elder comes in at number seven. They just squeaked by Springboro 21-20. Those Lancers from the South, two and one, but they did lose to Fairmount this week, 10-3. Big close one up there in, in the Dayton area. LaSalle checks in at number eight. Kings comes in at number nine. They, man, they put a smacking on my Walnut Hills Eagles, 51 to eight. And East Central, they round out the top 10. They lost to Muller, as previously said, 43 to 14. Greg, what do you make of the top 10? No changes this week. Yeah, well, you know, we've, we've talked about several of these teams, but I want to talk about Kings a little bit here. You know, I, I'm not sure how good Kings is. They've taken care of business against three teams that are now. Uh, 0-3 each, so they're 0-9 combined so far to this point. Kings has allowed just 11 points total in those three games. They've got an average margin of victory of 38.7 in those contests. Will Coker, the quarterback and reigning ECC Offensive Player of the Year, has thrown for three touchdown passes in all three of the night's wins. I like them. Now, this week they're not going to get much of a big challenge either. They're playing Loveland, but the back half of their schedule, when they got Anderson, Milford, and Winton Woods still in front of them, it's going to be interesting. But again, this is a team with 16 uh, returning starters, and they're playing like it. And we'll see how they go when it comes time to uh, play the big boys in the second half of the season. So it's, it's going to be interesting with Kings. Moving forward in the top 25, the next four teams all come from the GMC. 11 and 12, same teams, but you just switched them this week. Coming in at number 11, the Mason Comets. They beat Oak Kills 28-3. Colerain Cardinals, they moved down a spot after losing to Fairfield. Number 13, Hamilton. They're up a spot after beating Middletown 17-0. They swapped spaces with Lakota East after they lost to Princeton. 15, how about those Royal Raiders over in Northern Kentucky? They beat Cooper 13-10. Milford out of the ECC, they beat Loveland 47-21. They come in at number 16. It's number 17, the Anderson Raptors. Man, they put a smacking, well, not really. They actually mm. close one, 44-41 against those Lebanon, against Lebanon over in Lebanon. Number 18, Baden. They won at Withrow, as we previously talked about. They come in at number 18. The Covington Catholic Colonels at 19. 
Man, they beat Lexington Catholic. What a shootout. Seven to six. <laughs> yeah, it was they like a red and rounding out the top 20, Western Brown, they put 65 on the Monroe Hornets. Greg, looking at 11 through 20, swapped a couple of teams, but not much change there either. Now, in the big game this Friday night, it's going to be uh, Anderson taking on Milford, uh, hosting Milford this week. Two teams that are very high scoring. Um, you know, Milford's quarterback, Austin Harden, is thrown for four touchdown passes in each of the first three wins for the Eagles. First time they've started off. 3-0 since 2008, I think. It's been a while. Uh, great start for them. Anderson and Lebanon – or I'm sorry, Anderson and Milford have each beaten Lebanon in the last two weeks by three points apiece. Really interested to see how this is going to go. Anderson has – Clayton, through three games, Anderson has five receivers with at least 15 receptions. That, to me, is crazy. But it's going to be a big shootout. I don't think either – we talked about Coach – uh, uh, Grippa over at Milford uh, having his best defensive team. I think this is going to be a shoot. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game's in the high thirties. If it if it's uh, seventy plus points between the two schools, it wouldn't shock me a bit. Well, those top ECC teams. You think of Kings. You think of Witten Woods. You think of Anderson. Those are all offensive juggernauts in the ECC. It's you're going to light up the scoreboard whenever you face one of those teams. You really are. And I started looking at some stuff though. What what Witten Woods is doing right now defensively has been very very good. They've, I mean, they've got Cam Calhoun who's going to UC. He's got already a hundred yard plus touchdown return for a touchdown. Jermaine Matthews Jr., who's headed to Ohio State, he's already got a pick six. He had one last week for 50 yards, and uh, and the Warriors are averaging 48.3 points per game and, and won 12 straight games by 10 or more points. There are going to be some shootouts, but I do think when, when it's all said and done, Winton Woods is going to have the defense that really curtails some of these higher-scoring teams in the ECC. Absolutely. Let's keep on rolling. Number 21, the Wyoming Cowboys. Get this, Greg. They have outscored opponents this year 96 to nothing, three games, and they have not given up a point. Talking about an amazing stat right there. Well, you know, Clayton, when we look at Wyoming, I look at this team like, yeah, they've won 60 consecutive regular season games. But I feel like this team's playing with a chip on their shoulder. I feel like they felt like, okay, we lose to Clinton Massey last year, who goes on to win the state championship. They lose in the regional semifinals there. And then this year they come out, and Taft is the big talk of the town. And, of course, Clinton Massey was just because of, of what they did last year. Now Clinton Massey's 0-3 to start the season, lost a couple of heartbreaking games, but lost a sh- a ton of players from last season. So we knew it was sort of going to be a down year for Clinton Massey. but guarantee you this, they're going to give Western Brown all they can handle in the SBAAC American when it's all said and done. But again, I mean, if you look at the Cowboys and what they're doing, I like that they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Their quarterback, Quade Howard, is also the team and the CHL's leading tackler right now. So they're playing guys on both ways. They're getting a lot of production out of these kids. And during their 60-game regular season winning streak, Think of this. This is how good they've been defensively. Wyoming has had 42 of those 60 teams that they have beaten to seven points or fewer, and they have 23 shutouts, including all three this season, uh, against those teams during that 60-game winning streak. It's amazing. 
Beachwood comes in at number 22. They, uh, man, smack it on Somerset, 46-7. to They roll to a 3-0 record. Taft, they, they knock off Indian Hill, who Wyoming actually takes on this week. 41-0 Taft over Indian Hill this past week. Taft comes in at number 23. Edgewood, 2-1 after beating Franklin 41-7. They come out at 24. Rounding out our top 25 for week four, the Simon Kenton Pioneers. They lost to Southwestern 34-19. They have a big matchup this week against those number 22 Beachwood Tigers. Greg, how are you feeling about this top 25 this week? Well, I love it. And we talked about these last five teams. We talked a little bit about Wyoming. Number 22, Beachwood, 26 wins in a row, the current longest streak in Kentucky, um, winning streak in Kentucky. And, you know, they're allowing just 2.3 points a game, and they're doing the same thing they did last year in the uh, first three games. It's almost a carbon copy. They're winning these games by 40 points, 7 points per game. Mitch Berger, the senior, has got 531 yards rushing on 52 carries. He's got seven receptions for 126 yards, two re- re, uh, receiving t- TDs to go with his nine rushing TDs, and he's also kicking extra points. He's got four for four there, and he's four for one with field goal. He's got 73 points in three games as a running back. He's averaging 20, almost t- over 24 points per game. So a great Beachwood team. They're gonna they're gonna have their hands. Uh, they're going to have their hands full the next three weeks because this little 2A team that's the little engine that could, now they face two 6A teams, Simon Kenton and Dixie Heights, and then sandwiched in between there is 5A Cubcath, their local rivalry. So a lot going to be, we're going to find out a lot, and we're going to be talking a lot about Beachwood over the next three weeks. Absolutely, Greg. Before we move on to look at week four matchups, I just want to remind people to tune in on Friday night to the Cincinnati Children's High School Football Tonight Show. And, Greg, where's the tailgate headed this week? Well, we're actually out at Indian Hill watching the Wyoming Cowboys hopefully getting their 61st straight win. And, you know, if you're the Indian Hill uh, Braves, you hope to knock them off. Now, one of the things that we have not talked about about Indian Hill is they've lost their starting quarterback, Padungel, who was a, a great, great a year ago as a sophomore, uh, had a fantastic year, and, and he's out for the season, and that's hurt them a lot. And it's going to be a tough night for the Braves out there, but we're going to be out there in Indian Hill, and it'll be a good night. And we'll see Wildman Walker, who's the the MC out there at Indian Hill at Tomahawk Stadium. It should be a fun Friday night for the Blitz Five game of the week. Good stuff, Greg. We're running out of time, but I do want to hit on one big game this week. Mason at Colerain. As we mentioned, they were flipped in the top 25 this week. Colerain looking to find some mojo on offense. What are you looking for in that game? This well, week, I see Greg? a low-scoring game again. I look for the clock to be uh, – uh, Mason to use the clock in their favor. And then, you know, somehow, some way, Colerain's got to get points out of somebody other than – uh, Zay Jennings, their quarterback. If they can do that, you know, that'll be great. But somebody's got to step up, and so does the offensive line at Colerain. Again, if, if Mason gets up by a touchdown, they're just going to milk the clock when they get the ball on offense. And I'm interested to see this Mason team. We'll have them in a couple weeks at the Sky, uh, Battle for the Skies Cup on the uh, Blitz 5 Tour game of the week against Mason out at Mason here. So I'm interested to see how good this team is. And, I, and Mason, I don't think they've ever beaten – Colerain, since they've been a member of the GMC. In fact, I'm almost positive of that. I have to go back and look it up, but I'm almost positive that's never happened. 
Well, Greg, this has been fun this week. Thank you for joining me. I just want to remind people you can subscribe, like the podcast, wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Go ahead and give us a five out of five rating, and we will talk to you next week. Don't forget to listen to the High School Football Tonight Show on ESPN 1530 and Fox Sports 1360 this Friday night, and we will talk to you all next week. I'm in the